Yo, what's up and welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast, episode 68 with Talin, who's coming back from Las Vegas. And we got yeah, a special baby. guest, youth pastor at Real Life Church in Covington, Washington. Is that correct? Heck yeah, dude. And Covington, Covington Washington. Top, top, uh, top 50 cities of Washington. Come on. Just um, rated. And Taylor Murray. There's only Taylor. 50 cities in Washington. There's only 50. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> top, top 50. Top 50. Come on. Top of something. And I live in the most dangerous city. So there we go. Heck yeah. <laughs> now, Kent's got to be awesome. more dangerous than, than Tacoma, don't you think? That's not real. I feel like every statistic I see, it's Tacoma's full of murderers. And then, yeah. <laughs> And Kent's always second place, so I don't no. know. I don't know what we think about that one. But Taylor, bro, how you doing? Um, we've been trying to get. Well, I've been trying to get you, and every time we meet, you're like, you should have me on the podcast, Nate. I'll get out of here, dude. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, it's it's been a dream of mine. I, I'm up all night thinking about it, praying about it, like asking God. I'm like, God, I feel like you know. You're just leaving. What's what's going on? Is is this a test? Is are you trying to just like what are you trying to teach me here? Because this is the longing of the deepest part of my soul. And uh, you Why know, is he toying with us right now? As, as you know, like Scripture says that uh, a uh, a hope deferred makes a heart sick, and my heart's been sick. But tonight, well, a desire is fulfilled. And come a desire on, fulfilled is a tree of life. So I'm so glad. So glad we could do that. Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> so but, welcome um, to the I'm Youth off. of the Nation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. And we're over. We're done. Uh, Taylor's had no. his dream fulfilled. It's all, it's, it's all I need to do. I mean, I can go to bed. My kids are asleep. I, I'm good to go, bro. Chilling. Well, <laughs> hey, bro, thanks so much for joining us, for hopping in. Um, we're going to interview you a little bit later. Um, but before we do that, Talin, tell us what's about up? your first flight. Tell us about Las Vegas. Don't tell oh us boy, about the I, sin you did. No, I'm playing. Um, do I have some stories for you guys? So getting to the airport, it was actually pretty wild. I've never done this before. So checking into my flight and stuff was kind of crazy. I'm going through the TSA check. And <laughs> there's this little thing where you walk through and it spins or whatever. Um, and I didn't know that it like spun and you have to put your hands up in the air for, for you to, for you to go through. So I, I just like completely walked through it. Like, no. <laughs> like I just, I just, I just like step in it and just keep going. And the lady looks at me and is like, are you kidding me? Get back in there. And I was like, okay. So I step back and I put my, my, I put my hands up and yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just, it was so embarrassing. It was Thank embarrassing. You. Thank you for doing that to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, get to get to Vegas. It was fun, man. I was there for you know the bachelor party and and the wedding and stuff. Being in being in my buddy's wedding was was a truly truly an honor. Um, it was fun, uh, but on the way home is what 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 really got me. Um, I sit down on the plane. My flight leaves from Vegas at uh, seven forty two in the morning, so I got to the airport about five a.m. Um, so I sat there for a little bit, boarded, got on, and an, an older gentleman, Mexican guy. Um, has like a uh, like he has diabetes and I think his blood sugar was low so he ends up like going into like this like like, like 
shock yeah where like he couldn't breathe and he was just making like <gasps> noises and his wife was like miss she didn't speak english she's like miss miss my husband my husband so everybody ran back um they gave him oxygen we ended up not being able to take off until like 9:42. mind you i was supposed to leave at 7:42. oh we get in the air and i kid you not we're in the air for 45 minutes and the guy behind me has a seizure while we're in the air no what and his wife is, you know, Kevin, 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 Kevin. Oh my God, Kevin. Just so happened that we had a registered nurse um, who was in the army um, on the plane with us. So um, he was able to, um, you know, ask the questions and help out and, you know, just be there for him. I mean, what can you do here in the air? You know, like, yeah. but it was so crazy to just be like my second flight ever. And I get those two things back to back. And I'm like, what is in the Vegas air? Like, what, what's happening, right? Like, what is going on? So, yeah, that was a crazy trip. But it was fun, man. I love being at my buddy's wedding. I love Vegas. It's a different world. That place never sleeps. So, Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you made it, bro. I'm glad you made it on your flight. Did any of my tips help you out or, or no? I, you know, I forgot everything. I was so nervous. Like Taylor told me to do something too. And I just, I forgot it all. Nervous. Like Taylor took, Taylor took me to the airport. So like everything that you guys told me, I got in there and was like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> like I know that I was, I was, I was supposed to go to some kind of kiosk to print out my check-in boarding pass. And I ended up going to the, the lady up front. I paid for carry on and my bag was so small. I could have just put it underneath my seat. It just, <laughs> just, 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 I was just a mess, dude. Like I was such a mess down there. So yeah, you just walked into yeah. TSA. You're like, yeah. yeah, we're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yep. Good. Exactly. Right. I know I don't have on anything. You. So why y'all need to scare me? I don't, I don't see the issue with that. Oh man. Yeah. It was a journey. That's awesome, bro. Yep. That's yeah. My, I remember my first flight, I went to California um for some th- for some nonprofit that doesn't exist anymore um but and when i landed i started crying cuz my ears started Uh-oh. hurting so bad Uh-oh. and like i'm weeping and i'm like 18 but these uh adults around me are talking to me like i'm 14 years old like cuz i'm weeping from the pain honey, of my ears honey are you like, okay are you okay have you tried <laughs> gum and i was like why would i need gum in this situation <laughs> Like, no, it helps like your ears. And I was like, that's the dumbest late thing I've ever heard, lady. Get it's off crazy the plane. Cause everybody was talking about how like, oh my God, bro, your ears are just going to clog up. and blah, blah, blah. Nothing happened to me, bro. No. My, my, ears were, my ears were solid. Noelle, she literally, it'll be two days. She'll have her ears clogged for like two days every time we fly. That's crazy. Unless she takes some medicine like the day before to mm-hmm. gear up to, like it's a big deal and we've flown plenty of times i mean our, yeah. ki- our kids have flown and they do better than she does wow. yeah it's incredible yeah, that's crazy well that helps that helps me feel great because you know i've just been weeping on planes lately and you know you've been on the plane with a seizure and taylor crushes it so shout out to the flight life the flight well, life. i don't know yeah. Life. I don't know if I want to do planes anymore. So, bro, I just I'm dying that you just walk through TSA like you own the place. Bro, like, like I literally walk through the little the little thing, and I thought that like it was like you know I'm like oh it's TSA they probably just scanned my whole body when I walk through, um, but no they're like put your feet on these little things and put your arms in the air and I just walk through it like I knew what I was doing. Have you seen? And those? they didn't give me they didn't give me directions. So like what this guy's 28 years old and he hasn't been through TSA like what's happening? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> what's going on here? Well, well, go, glad you made it back. Glad you had fun, bro. That's great. Yeah, it was um, a good time. It was a good time. So when you go on your next flight, you're going to feel like an expert and you're going to feel yep. great. Yep. Um, all right, bro. So here we go. It's time. Out of 32 teams, it's, it's game time. Yeah. Super Bowl really? predictions, bro. It's the Chiefs versus the Niners. Who I feel like the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to wipe them out 42 to 24. What? Yeah. And that's just a prediction because I hate the 49ers. Like, I, yeah. like, I don't hate a lot of things in my life, but, like, I absolutely hate the 49ers. I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not a good quarterback. Not a huge fan of Richard Sherman because he's not on our team anymore and he's just a talker. Um, and he's actually really good. Um, I hate Mozart because he's such a good runner. I hate them all because they're so good. You hate them because they're good? Yeah. And then I, they're in our division, so it's like – why like them? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want the Chiefs to win because Patty Mahomes is their quarterback, and then they have guys like Tyree Kill, and, and they're not in my division, so I don't care. <laughs> I, I just – I feel like the, the Niners are today what the Seahawks were in Russ's second year. Like, yeah. where they, they kind of yeah. – the year before, there was a lot of promise, and you just knew the next year something was going to happen. And yep. this year they've, they've, been, they've been next level. I agree, man. They are so good. Even um, though the, the Seahawks should, be, should have been beating them this last Sunday. But. And the Seahawks beat them this year. So. And, then, and, then, and then barely We lost gave them their the first time. loss. And then, yep. yeah. I barely mean, we were, a, we were a half inch away from winning the game again. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean he cracked. Something, something's wrong. Something's wrong with the Seahawks when it comes to the goal line. I don't know. Or to like, the or to the whole the re, the whole game until the fourth quarter. <laughs> I've, I've I've heard that there are some people saying this is Pete's last year, this next year. No way. He just signed a four year contract. I know, but they're just I've I've just heard heard mm. people say that this next year will be Pete's last year, and he'll. He, I don't know what that would look like. I don't. I hope not. I, I mean, I love Pete, and I think he's. I think he's got it. I think I, we gotta make some tweaks, but we'll hmm. see. I think. I think that Pete Carroll is so um, used to playing like old school football. Like defense is gonna win the game. Like he should have went for it on fourth and seven in that Green Bay game. I feel like that would have been a different dynamic. I feel like it would have been a different outcome. But he didn't. So here we are. Uh, who was it that dropped the pass though right in the middle of his chest oh for sure for sure Malik Turner definitely should have caught the ball <laughs> Dude, but that's at the, same the game time, right there. that's the game no there's a lot of things that could have been a game we could have we could have played at football in the first in the first half it could have been a game but <laughs> could have played football. <laughs> we could have showed up we could have played some football in the first half and it would have been good but I didn't, I didn't watch um, it did DK go off uh not not really he wasn't really targeted much no I mean he, the, he had the, some catches though the week before it was DK's game. This oh this gosh. last week, this last week was or last the last game was uh, was locked. Uh, uh, Tyler Lockett. He yeah, Lockett out. He was thrown down. DK Metcalf crushed my Eagles, running all over them. I was hurt. Man, that that little that little catch that sealed the game was. That, that little was nice. catch that was a monster catch. Well, Get out of here. You know that you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You <laughs> yeah. know what I meant. Just a little some some. Yeah, you still owe me a uh, Seahawks repping T-shirt, so yeah, we right. gotta figure that out. I gotta, nope. I gotta find it. I gotta find it because since I'm in Washington, if we have like a Seahawks, you know, night at church or at Young Life, I throw on the T-shirt, wear it, and then take it off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still, I'm, st I still rep my home team. 
Because you're a True Seahawks fan at heart. So. Nope. Anyway. All right, bro. We're looking at these notes. You have some blasphemy on here. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but to stay in the game of sports, uh, Delonte West, to Lynn, what's the situation? What are you feeling about it, bro? Because I don't. Um, much I, I just I think it's crazy that you could be an NBA star, but I, I also think that mental health is a real issue. Um, and I think that there's a lot of mental health problems with this. But uh, from what I know, Delonte West was a phenomenal basketball player. He made about twelve point five million was his like highest paid contract. Um, and he is now homeless, broke on the streets and kind of crazy. Um, but there's a video of him circulating where you get to see his mental health at a full high um, or if he was high. Um, I think it's actually really sad, though. Um, yeah. Somebody who could be such an influence to students or kids or people around the world um, as a pro athlete and then end up having nothing, nothing to show for it. Um, and then not having people, because, you know, we're, we're in a world right now where um, who can make the quickest meme to make people laugh at other people's pain. Um, and instead of like, you know, people reaching out to help, people are laughing. I think that's, I think that's such a bad thing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really sad, man. He was on the, he was on the street and he was, uh, after being beat up, I don't know the full story, but he got beat up and then he, um, was just saying some outrageous stuff about how he runs the Navy sales and he's the leader of all gangs. And it's just, it's just crazy to think you make that much money and then you have nothing now and you're on the streets and you're a drug dealer you ever seen you know, that, on drugs. So you ever seen that, uh, that documentary called broke? I have not. Is that on Netflix? Have you seen it, Taylor? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It's, yeah, so it, it was on Netflix. It might have been taken off since they, like, refresh it. But it was that a concept of, like, if these guys don't get people in their lives that are going to support them and, like, be with them and or the right agent or the right people, that's how they end up. Three years after most pros end their pro careers, they're broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. That's across the NBA, NFL, like, not MLB. But, yeah, you think about you think about how – um, people jump into the league and they get paid these max contracts. Um, they have no idea what to do with all this money. Like none, you know, if I get handed $2 million tomorrow. It'd probably be gone in three years too. You know what I mean? Like it's, you, you don't have, you don't know how to handle that much money unless like you said, you have people in your corner. So, well, you, that, I mean, yeah. have you guys heard the, the, the quote, the, the greatest threat to success isn't failure. It's success. Hmm. It's that idea hmm. that like the, the, the the very thing that can take you out is the thing that you were reaching for. Yeah. Hmm. And the higher you get, the more of a threat it is to you because you get secure in something that was never meant to be a security for you. Yeah. So, it's deep, yeah. It was, deep thought. That is really good to I think that, and that speaks to this. I mean, you know, to get into like what our, what we're about is like, like to Lynn, when you said if I'm given two million dollars, it'd be gone in three years, I would say no because you have people in your life that would be able to walk with you, support you, borrow some of the money, borrow some of the money, <laughs> buy churches, you know, buy some shoes. Yeah. But like amen, at the end of the amen. day, you have preachers and sneakers, baby. Preachers and sneakers, but like at the end of the day, you have people, and so I think what you're saying is sad because I saw um, Shannon Sharp, the guy who's like skip skip but 
Um, yeah. I saw him and he talked about it and he was like, it's sad when an athlete who everyone says like, hey, I got your back, I got your back, I got your back. When he really needs someone, there's no one there. Everyone's just like, no one actually has Or they're just back. tweeting yeah. like, yo, praying for my guy Delonte. And it's like, cool, like keep praying for your boy, but how are you going to help Delonte get out the streets and get him in rehab and get his mental exactly. health checked out? So. I don't know, man. I just think exactly. it proves that we need people in our lives to walk with us step by step. Because uh, I, I don't man. have $12 million. But if I did, you better believe if I didn't have people next to me, I'd be buying the stupidest stuff in the world. And helping and letting Taylor borrow some money. And <laughs> letting Taylor borrow some <laughs> cash. How about y'all cars? <laughs> Taylor's gonna Taylor's gonna need the cash. He's got a third kid on the way. I got a third kid. My 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 car's falling apart, dude. <laughs> it's 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 bad news. I gotta get another car seat, you know. Oh hey. things are tough hey. over here. Hey. <laughs> put, put it put it in him. He, he, he can do it. Trust. He can do it. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Jesus All is faith. the only one. Am I right? <laughs> All things are possible if you have faith, guys. Come on. Amen. Amen. I got, I got faith in Nate. It's going to get $12 million. <laughs> Give me something. He's going to tithe to me. Will you tithe to me? Yeah. Ever. Give me 1.2. Yep. 1.2, yeah. I got you. You've, God, you've God can do more. multiple times. God can do more with your 90% than you know, or with 10% than you can do with your 90. So give me 10%. We can just give all the offering talks that we've ever given. We can just do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can always do more with 90% than your 100. Yeah. If it's, his, mean, uh, if it's his will, it's his will. You know? If you're in that <laughs> blue suit, I'm sure people are giving you more money no matter what, though. So <laughs> that blue suit was killer, dude. Oh, oh, for my offering, for my for <laughs> yeah. this weekend? Uh, you this know, it was MLK weekend. like, Looking like he was in a wedding or something. Boy had to come a little strong. Okay. Uh, The funny thing about that jacket, though, was it was like an inch, just a little bit tight. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I took it off, and Josiah was like, "No, bro, like keep it on when you go on stage." I was like, "I don't know, bro, because like people are gonna think like I'm trying to wear like the tightest clothes possible." (laughs) <laughs> and then I went on stage and just saw, I was like, yeah, bro, keep wearing that jacket, dog. T Murd dog. I wasn't, I wasn't able to make church this Sunday because I was flying in from Vegas, obviously, but T Murd dog wore Jordan ones on stage on Sunday. I saw that and was like, okay, <laughs> okay, T. Strong. You know, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to be like, trying to be like Tulane, man. You know? That's not, that's not true. Tulane, I'm you trying to be like you, dude. Don't even, don't even try. That's not I, true. I, I got okay. like th- I got like three pairs of shoes, bro, and I just yeah. Until he makes fun of me all the time, he's like, "Dude, you don't even wear your, you don't even wear your ones." <laughs> you because you don't, and then you I I Come mentioned on. that to you, and you warm for you, dude. I warm for you, hmm. and you weren't even there, bro. Come you on. weren't even there. I warm for you, I dude. Was, I was on a flight. Tulane, how many pairs of shoes do you have? Uh, too many. <laughs> I, I I think I have twelve pairs of shoes. In my closet right now, I probably have like twenty six now. Twenty six pairs of shoes. Yeah, that's amazing. A lot of them, a lot of them are just like runner shoes that I don't wear. Like I have my two seventies that I don't wear. Like my Nike trainers and stuff, stuff I don't wear. Hey, what size are they, bro? Uh, like ten and a half, eleven. I was thinking about giving Taylor some shoes, but dude, come on, 
You should. I mean, Nate, Nate's going to be tithing to me. Yeah. You give me a pair of shoes. I don't want to rob you guys of a blessing. Yeah, you know? we're going to have Taylor Swag. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. He blessed us by coming on the podcast. So yeah. the least we can do is bless I'll give you a gift. I'll give you a gift. I'll give you a gift. On the envelope, just put, make sure this goes to Taylor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hey, I amen. I receive it, guys. I, I'm just, I receive it. I'll buy you a box of diapers when your baby's born. <laughs> Dude, we got diapers for days, bro. We got a garage. <laughs> they don't need that, bro. We got a garage. That's, that's not the thing they need. I'm, I'm done with, I'm done, done with diaper season, and I've got a kid coming in two months. Oh my! So, wow, that's so I'm, that was fast, I'm definitely. Bro. I wish I was done, but. And Jude is—he's the poop master, bro. He's like, <laughs> He so he, he goes big or goes home. So it goes home. So Damn. tell us about Jude. Do you think Jude is going to be um, the greatest basketball player um, coming out of real life church or what? Hmm. Out of real life church, possibility. Beyond yeah. that, I, I I doubt it. Although he is right now, he's still in the 99th percentile of height, which is just bizarre because I'm like I'm six foot if I'm really trying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, Noel's not tall. No one from our family is really tall. Noel's got one brother who's like six one. And so the idea that, that Jude is in the 99th percentile of height is just bizarre to me. So we'll see what happens with that. I wouldn't be surprised if he levels out, gets to like six one, which would be my dream. Hey. You know, someone just a little bit taller than me, but not absurdly taller. That makes me just look shorter and whiter. And so, um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's like six, ta- six, one, like, wow, wow, Taylor, you and Noel produce good looking kids. You know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and I'll be like, yeah, it's not me. It's him. Um, yep, but, man. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm hoping. Six, one would be ideal, but you know, I mean, he could be six, five or something, which would just be bizarre, but I, I don't, I don't think six, five, that'd be wild. <laughs> Put a so, basketball or a golf club in that kid's hand right now. Dude, if he's good at us, I want him to be my ideal. Gibby, stop. My dog is just freaking out in the background. Uh, my ideal would be that, that Jude is a professional sports player of any kind. Mm. Simultaneously an engineer, a yep. scientist, a pastor, and a comedian. If he can do that, I'll be proud of him. <laughs> So that's, that's my goal. What if he comes to you and is like, Hey dad, I got everything. I just can't be an engineer. It's, you know, like that was the thing that like, Hey dad, I've done everything else that you've asked me to do all at the same time. I'd say what if he comes up to you and he says, I'd Hey say dad, you don't I want to be a firefighter. I'd say, where's your faith? <laughs> hey, hey dad, I just want to be a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A firefighter would be, you know, Second tier, it'll be all right. <laughs> Second tier, I'd say strive, strive for more, bro. You can do that. <laughs> I want to save people, Dad. Strive for more, son. You can do strive for more. Be an, play baseball. Be an engineer. Yeah, play baseball. Play baseball. Uh, here's a golf club. Here's a golf don't, club. Don't reach for the stars. Stand on them. Just no. I, don't, I don't even know where that came from. You're welcome. That was, that was a freebie for the night, guys. You're welcome. Guys, oh, it's a limitation. I'm, I'm, Come on. Yeah, I'm tweeting that. I'm tweeting that. Yeah. yeah. There you he go. He has to tag him, though. 
All right. Um. So, all right. Now, Talene, you got blasphemy in here, bro. Um. Also, I'm not a Laney fan, so I don't what? even know what this means. So, but I can't even speak on this topic because I don't listen to Laney like that. Laney is the greatest band right now. Crush to mark. This. I'm guessing this is a conversation between Talid and Taylor more than it is with me. I think um, <laughs> I think I brought it up because I have somebody on the podcast that will back me up. That lady is a great band um, because you don't agree and you won't give it a chance. So I put that so that way Taylor can also put it in your ear to give Laney a try. So this is hey. just this is just for me to listen to Laney. This is a plug for Laney because <laughs> so, Laney is amazing. <laughs> I have not listened to Laney in about four months. Okay. Ever since the sun went away. But when the sun comes back, there is no better band to listen to than Laney. Laney. Okay. I'm telling you, in the spring all the way through to, you know, mid-fall, they got some vibes, you know, Malibu, Malibu Nights. It's great, okay. for, great for late September, early October. Um, but uh yeah dude laney laney's top notch. do they have any winter vibes or is it only summer vibes i listen to them all year round so no. michael right. Bublé, dude what album i was on I the stair cli- i was on the stair climber today <laughs> uh, i've been listening to some michael weller lately um laney should you i know, start with this one no, dude, Malibu, Malibu Nights. Malibu it's, Nights. It, it, I gotta be honest. It's that album. That entire album is next level. Explicit. No, I'm playing. Um, all right. He says like hell or something like that. <laughs> says hell. Oh, bro. Yeah, can't. Yeah. That's not holy, bro. Come on. Yeah, they're they're backsliding. <laughs> now, now I gotta put the explicit tag on this, on this episode. <laughs> yeah, but let's just play the album. Listen to it on on the podcast. Yeah. That will yeah, strike market so market. quick. Let's I played, do like a review. Let's start a review podcast when albums come out. We just listen to the whole thing and do reviews after each bro, song. Let's no, if you play two seconds of a song, they will mute out five minutes after the song ends. Like, it's crazy. Because I remember when I was first started like editing, um, I asked a, a musician if I could use their song. They said yes, but I guess they didn't like whatever. So I put it on my podcast. And they took out the whole first part of my show. And it was only on like two minutes of my, like of the beginning, they took out the whole 25 minute first section of the show. But I think there's certain stuff that depending on who distributed it, 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 there's an automatic um, allowance for you to, to be able to use it. I think it's like like under like 30 seconds. Yeah, if you play the whole song, you're you're kind of you're kind of done. But no, I played like forty, so I was probably over anyway. But all right, Laney, I will listen to it and I will let you guys know. So next episode, I will tell you if it's fire or if I think it's trash. Because I can't say it's trash because I never I never heard it or them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing music. Yeah, it's three dudes. Three dudes, one singer. One singer. Yeah, but you know. Who's the old white dude in, in the back? <laughs> that's the, the bald one. That's the another in the fire. He's the fourth, <laughs> the fourth member. The fourth member. He's back there. <laughs> it's Jesus. Jesus. He, he puts his, sta- his stamp so, on Laney. The guy who plays the guy who plays uh, the drums yep. um, is actually married to the daughter of Bethel. 
That's... No, Erwin McManus. Erwin McManus. It's Erwin McManus's uh, son-in-law. Wait, which the 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 front singer or the back bald dude? Uh, the the, the non back bald dude. Got it. The dude in the brown though, like J- yeah, Jake yeah. something. Jake mustache. Yeah. 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 Got it. Well, Laney will happen. Hey, any if you're listening, go listen to Laney. Um, there you go. I'm just like, you know, I got you. Um, but, hey, for right now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break so you guys will listen to this ad because uh, we got to pay the bills. There's no it's bills. It's time to pay some bills. There's no bills to pay. <laughs> Sponsored by LaCroix. Sponsored by LaCroix. Official, official sponsors. Um, so it's a LaCroix ad. No, it's not. It's some, like, anchor ad. Um, and then we'll be back and we're gonna ask some rapid fire questions to Taylor and also some more questions about ministry and life. So check this out and we'll be back. Welcome back, Youth of the Nation podcast, Nate. We got rapid fire questions with Taylor. Taylor, how you feeling? Dude, I'm feeling great. I'm ready to right. go. These ones are hard. Let's do this. They, they're none, none of them are spiritual. So okay, they're, they're just they're all funny. All right. Here we yeah. go. First question: Texting or talking? Texting. Texting. Favorite day of the week? Wednesday. Wednesday. Why? Youth. Youth. Favorite city in U.S. besides the one you live in? Ooh. Portland. <laughs> L.A. LA, okay. Uh, like that. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretending to be somebody who travels a lot. Okay. <laughs> LA. Nickname your parents used to call you. T Hammer. That's nice. not true. <laughs> That's what my dad called me, dude, when I played sports. Be like, T Hammer, give me a high five. I'd be like, Dad, stop. It's like it would be one thing if I was exceptionally good at what I just did. Yeah. But that I'm like on the low end of average. Don't call me T Hammer. Like, <laughs> you know, call me T Scissors or something, but not T Hammer. I'm definitely not a hammer. I'm not I'm not doing anything that that solid. T safety scissors. <laughs> All right, here we go. T safety scissors. <laughs> Last T, song you downloaded. T box cutter. Yeah. Last song I downloaded. Oh gosh, I haven't downloaded a song in years. Bro. In years, last song, last you, song you played to your Spotify, your Apple Music, or whatever. Uh, "Slow Down" by Jonathan Ogden. Okay, all right. Kind of like a lo-fi Christian art. He's actually legit. You should listen, Jonathan Ooh. Ogden. You said he's lo-fi. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, he's got some stuff. Yeah, Ooh, he's got like, a couple like lo-fi co- collabs with. Uh, Montel Fish. Have you heard of Montel Fish? I have heard of Montel Fish. Legit, legit stuff. So oh. check them out. I'm down for yeah, that. Dude. Let's go. Yeah. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. What? Yeah, dude. This, bro. This, well, is, this is his rapid fire. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. My bad. I'm here's the thing. Office. Made it about here's, me again. Here's the thing. It is possible for any human right now to learn any language. It is not possible right now for any human to learn animal language. Hmm. So if you can talk to animals, you are a cut above the 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 best. Yeah, yeah, but you're such a people face. person. I just I just picture you talking to humans more. Maybe open up a church but, and but that doesn't mean I, that doesn't mean I can't go learn a language. That's true. 
and you can bring parrots. And I don't have to learn to talk to animals. I just get it, the ability because of this. I mean, it, it's given to me. Whatever this ability gotcha. is. All right, here we go. Gotcha. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Love it. Come on. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? 17 minutes. 17. Wow, okay. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is? Weak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my god but five more five more at what age do you want to retire serious one 64 and a half 64 and a half love it hold you to that accountability is it wrong for a vegetarian (laughs) to eat animal crackers (laughs) (laughs) it is wrong for a vegetarian to be a vegetarian <laughs> He's on him. He's on him. All right, here we go. Round tra- two. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? 1980s. Oh, why? I I don't know. It's rapid fire, bro. Rapid fire. Okay, okay. My bad. My bad. My, my. 1980s are cool. 1980s are cool. Uh, Stranger right. Things. Oh yeah, there we go. That's when Stranger Things took place. Place you most want to travel? Australia. Favorite junk food? Cereal. Or jack-in-the-box tacos. Oh, come on. All right, here we go. Favorite season? Summer. Summer, come on. That Laney album. Yeah, dude. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve about social media? Do you want me to get serious, or is this still, like, surface? This is the last one. This is the last question, so... You can get biggest serious. pet peeve on social media is when people uh, post things with the assumption that you want to see it. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of layers to that one, I think. Yeah, I think I, you I should. Just, okay, okay, okay. So touch a little further for me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm picking on people who would consider themselves influencers Hmm. and so they live in this world that operates from that assumption that in every day people want or need to know about the things that are insignificant that they're doing or promoting and they train themselves to never put out or come back to the things that actually matter that would that would truly endear people to them as a human rather than them as an image and so I just think it's really, I think it's really fake. And I mm. think people eventually sniff it out. And I mean, you, you talk about the, that basketball player who's homeless now. It's like nobody actually cares about this person. So if they fell off the deep end, they'd forget about them because there wasn't actually any significance to what they put out uh, because mm. they operated on an assumption that people wanted or needed what they had and the very thing that they did have that would have been of value to people they withheld uh, because they tried to upload and they tried to upkeep an image. So Hmm. that was a good question to end on. That's good, bro. You're welcome. Wow. My, um, mine, uh, biggest pet peeve about social media is when people quote themselves. (laughs) Can I take my answer back and just give that one? So like, like, or the worst is when, when it's like, it's like, it's a quote from a tweet that they've done 
but then they make a picture of it to no, upload to yeah. Instagram. Like, like, hey, just put it in the caption, dude. Yeah. Take a picture of yourself and do that. But don't go through all the time to type out your quote in a picture so that you can post it and then put the same quote in your caption. That's wow. cheap. That's cheap. <laughs> Come on, bro. Do, do better. Do better. Uh, you guys are funny. Mine is when it's 2020. My biggest social media pet peeve um, is when people post more than six or seven stories on Instagram. Because that's what I, I like look for. Um, Instagram stories and man, like sometimes people post like a hundred a day and I'm like, okay guys, I had to unfollow some people that I actually care about. Cause I'm like, I can't, I just can't do that. Like I can't see your stories anymore. Mine was two. Keep <clears throat> me, bro. So Taylor, you're next. I was, I was kind of coming for you a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But this is my thing. Taylor stories <laughs> are always comedic gold. Always. It's that's what I'm talking it. about. That's what I'm talking about. You need to see what I have. That's what I'm saying. Because, <laughs> like, no, but like, there was at one point when I first met Taylor and uh, I'd followed him, and I was like, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> and so he would post like his little, you know, the tech deck stuff and everything. Oh, and like, it's been a while. Messing with kids. And I'll just be like, this kid's scaring to win. Scaring to Oh, Karen that's to one win. of my favorite segments. Oh, that's the best. Yes. So, the best. You should have a TV show. I'm glad, should be on I'm TV glad you like my. I'm glad you laugh at my pain. Dude, I should have a TV show, and it can literally just be me scaring to Lynn. Yes. And yeah. and taking videos of my kids doing the most ridiculous crap. The funniest it'd be, stuff. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad we could get a little deep on the social media because you felt strongly about that one. Or currently feel strongly about that one. Oh, absolutely. I love it. And so to Lynn, also have some questions to ask you. Um, and to Lynn, go ahead, bro. Taylor, this is kind of where we get a little serious. Um, but uh, what, what happened? I said, uh-oh. His, his eyes went up. Uh-oh. Um, but it's just, this is our, like, our leadership topic. This is where we kind of dive in and, and do um, like a thought for people who listen, um, mm. whether it's leaders or, you know, pastors or whatever the case may be. So um, we just got a few questions to dive into. Uh, so take your time um, and, and yeah, just give us your heart with these ones. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the first question we have for you is hardest part of ministry in this season. Uh, in this season, I, I mean, I think every season's different. Um, one of the unique things about my current season, it's, it's multiple things. One being the fact that I'm a dad and I've got two kids in a season of just energy and the desire for attention. I've got Hayden who she's four and a half and she's just passionate and full of energy and life and what is demanded of me in my life in this season beyond ministry, but intertwined with that is that my full attention would be given to her. And then yes. the same with Jude. Jude is, is different, but the same, I mean, multiply the, the amount of physical energy times 10. He's nonstop reaching and grabbing and climbing and running and building and tearing down and knocking into things. He's just a total boy. 
And so, and then we've got another one on the way. So I guess my, my, my perspective, my focus, my desires have all changed some because I needed them to and others because I realized they had to. And because if I like, there are certain things that I'm even right now in the midst of adjusting and changing and shifting, because if I don't, I can't, I can't afford not to like, if I don't, if I don't shift certain priorities and the way I spend my mornings and, and things like that, if I don't, then the, the time will come where I'll, I'll snap or, you know, my kids will start to uh, distance themselves. They'll mm. notice that I'm not a hundred percent who I need to be for them. And so that's the interesting thing. And so I think, I think uh, that's a big, big, big thing in our, in our season right now. Noel just walked in. Yo, you won't be able to hear, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's been a, been a huge thing. And then as it pertains to ministry, it just puts all of the rest in perspective. It makes it far less important what I do at the church and far more important just the same. Uh, because, yeah. because what I'm doing is I'm building a legacy and setting, um, I'm setting a path that, you know, in a matter of short time, my kids are going to be in that same space. And so it totally matters, but how I interact with the, how I lead, how I interact in our, on our team and all of those things, those matter so much more now because I've got these two and almost a third, uh, three kids that are looking to me to set that example and leave a legacy. So, um, I, I don't know if that's a good answer, but that's a great answer. No, for sure. I think, I think something that's really important is, is how you say, um, you're, you're kind of setting the example now that you have kids who will eventually be in your uh, ministry. So it, it changes from the mindset you have now compared to the mindset you had 10 years ago, yep. which is, which is huge. And so the fact that you realize that as a dad, like, hey, how would I want my kids to be in my youth group? And so the fact that you can use that as like your aspect of how you want your youth group and what you are shaping your students that you are pastoring to look like means a lot because that means you want these kids to walk out the way you would want your kids to walk out. So that's huge. Totally. totally. And and the interesting thing is, is the fact that like now that I have kids, there are certain areas of growth that I'm forced into. Um, Like my, uh, my pastor who's also my dad. He says, you know, there are certain kinds of growth that, you know, that you strive for, but then there are other kinds that are demanded of you. And, but oftentimes the growth that's demanded of you, you could have been growing in before it was demanded of you. Like when Noel and I were just married and didn't have kids or when we were dating or engaged, there are certain things that I didn't have to have settled or worked on or, you know, that I didn't need to be on top of yet because I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. I had so much more margin, but that didn't mean I shouldn't have been working on those because when the time came for me to have to work on them. I had to not only work on that, but work against the fact that now I've got other humans that are in my life that I'm taking care of. The margin is significantly less and the importance of it is significantly higher. So Mm. if I could go back five years, six years, 10 years, I would have gotten on top of some of these things that I'm now just, that I'm on top of now or I'm working on that I could have said, hey, six years ago, I could have done this and I'd be in such a greater place of strength right now. Wow. Had I done that, and I think that that's a that's a good learning experience for me. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. 
So piggybacking off of, um, you know, the hardest part about ministry in this season, what's the most exciting part about ministry in this season, you think? Well, I, I don't want to be redundant because I could say in some ways the flip side of everything I just said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that, and that's life. Um, but the thing that I'm loving is, is, you know, we've been doing, Noel and I have been youth pastors now for 10 years in youth ministry to some extent for over 17 years. And so um, I think it's really cool, you know, to see people on our leadership team um, that we, we had as middle schoolers. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty exciting. I think it's, it's fascinating to have students who I remember their parents and held their kids as babies. Um, mm-hmm. and now those kids are middle school, high school kids in our youth ministry. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it, one of the cool things, um, that you experience if you just stay committed is, you see people who are in your sphere of influence, they leave and they go, you know, they go crazy or they go wild and they just run, maybe they run from God or whatever, and then seeing them come back and tell you about the impact that, that you had on their life or say, hey, I just want to let you know, we've gotten this before many times, I'm off in college and, you know, I know it's been a while. And I know we had a rough couple of years, but I want to let you know, I gave my heart back to God in college, unplugged into my church or, you know, that kind of thing. We have one, you know, it's like I'm on staff at my church or, you know, a full range. I've just been living for God. And and that's pretty cool to think like, hey, I'm not just in this to minister to a just, you know, a six year, seven year period of kids and hope that it works. I'm here to you know, I'm, I'm, pa- I'm catching a baton and I'm handing it off and I, I've got, I've got a short season, but at the same time I'm playing the long game yeah. and I'm going to trust that what God started, God completes. And mm. I need to take the power out of my hands to think I need to do all of this stuff to ensure that this kid is, you know, this student's never going to walk away or, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, I can't ensure that I'm not in control of them. All I can do is make sure that they know that they were loved, that they were believed in, that God loves them. Um, yeah. You know, I know that's, that can be kind of reductionistic where it's like, I don't want to, yeah. just, I don't want to free myself from the responsibility I have to steward and, and to, and to love and to challenge and to build up and to invest. Those are all important. But at the same time, I'm not doing so carrying the full weight of their life. That's, that's Jesus. Hmm. And ultimately that's his partnership with them in their life, him working on them for the long haul. And I think sometimes if God could, he would knock on our door and say, Hey, you know, be patient with me. Like I'm Hmm. working on them behind the scenes and you'll never see what I'm doing. They don't even know it, but trust me, I know what I'm doing. And I'm reminded of the scripture where, where um, I think it was in first or second Peter where, it says that what God did was he did it to put his unlimited patience on display. And I think God's really into that. And I think Mm -hmm. I've seen that um, truly be a reality that God is always reminding me like, Hey, I'm way more patient than you. And I saw this kid. I knew this person way before they ever came into your influence. And I'm walking with them long after they leave your influence. And trust me, mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. And I think God's just really big. And I think that's really cool to see 
Um, and th we get to see that in our season because we've got students who we knew in, you know, early middle school who are in their early to mid twenties now. So um, seeing that come from is, is is pretty cool. Man, and I think well, that weight you talk about, right, is I think we carry that weight around with us ourselves a lot of like, but I love what you said is the weight's still there. Um, and the, I mean, the responsibility is there, but we don't have to feel as much weight that I feel like we walk around with. Um, yeah. That we, well, you know, that we're the God because we're not. Well, and let's be honest, the, the more we feel like we carry it, the more we actually carry. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the more that I feel responsible for it, the more like you ever felt like you ever been in a relationship, maybe in high school where you, you tried to do damage control and fix what you broke and try and keep the relationship going mm -hmm. only to make it worse because you tried to control it rather than just be patient with the process. Mm. You know, yeah. I, that's what we do with people. It's like, we, we think that, Oh, I got to fix this and I got to control them and make sure that they respond, whatever it is. And it's like, no, when we do that, we actually get in God's way and make it probably take a lot longer than it would have otherwise. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we are a um, podcast about leadership. So uh, just to dive in a little deeper about leadership, um, what are some of your, I would say, maybe some of your favorite um, like leadership podcasts or leadership books that you're into or, um, you know, leaders that you look up to? Um, I mean, I know I just threw a bunch at you, but. Um, you're pretty smart. You can keep up. I am pretty smart it's I, <laughs> it's because I read a lot and listen to a lot of podcasts and look up to a lot of leaders. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a paradox on one hand. It's like, it's the environment you're around and the people that are above and around you that, um, when you look for it, you realize there's a lot more gold, um, than you might think, you know, and it's, I think sometimes, you know, I, I could look at people like Judah Smith, who would be for me, someone who from when I was in middle school and he was, he's seven years older than me. And he was like the young preacher, but it, his message and all of that kind of stuff was so huge. And, but I, it's funny because there are people like that who I admire from afar, people like, uh, you know, in leadership podcasts and stuff like that. But the, the greatest growth is what you get to observe, what, what you're in proximity with. Mm -hmm. And because I think it's, it's more real. And, um, and I think I'm learning continually. I know I keep saying this is something I'm learning. Something I'm learning is that there's a lot more right around me. Um, uh, I would say above and next to and even under my influence that I'm learning from, which I think is, is huge. Um, and just op like asking God, Hey, will you help me to open my eyes to see what you've placed in front of me to teach me? Um, and as I've been doing that, I've been, I've been realizing, wow, there's more right here than I know. Um, but beyond that, beyond that, I think there's, there's some, you know, great stuff podcasts, obviously, I think, um, you know, Craig Rochelle, Andy Stanley, uh, I mean, uh, there's, there's so much good stuff. My favorite podcast is this cultural moment. It's, it's more of a, a look into culture and progressivism and, and, um, and, uh, post-Christian society and that mm. kind of stuff and how we as the church in the West, uh, respond in, in this cultural moment, uh, what they call it, this cultural moment. And so I think that's been really fascinating. 
um, I would, I would encourage anyone to listen to that. And then, um, yeah, um, that's, that's something I'm, I'm definitely into. I mean, there's all the, you know, the guys on Instagram and stuff like that, but I'm finding myself caring less about that and caring more about like what's right in front of me and who's around me, who's teaching me. And am I taking the opportunity to learn in that space? Yeah. That's huge, man. Yeah. Proximity. That's so big because there's so many people around me that I could be learning from. Um, and instead I find myself getting caught up in the socials of, of, you know, big name pastors and, um, you know, the leaders, the leaders on, on Instagram and stuff. And, um, yeah, I actually attend your church for the people that don't know. Um, and so having guys like you, um, that I look up to and stuff, um, that, that's a huge, like, it's kind of a wake up call. Like, Hey, maybe I should, I mean, not that I don't surround myself with guys like you, but maybe I should, you know, maybe I should dive in deeper with, with you and have those conversations rather than going to Rich's Instagram when I'm in need of something. Well, Um, yeah. And you know, it's like the grass, the idea that the grass is always is greener on the other side. And, and it's like, that's actually probably true (laughs) because the grass is greener on the other side because someone's watering it on the other side. And it's like, no, like look at where you're at and it's, you probably don't need to water your grass. You probably need to dig it all up, get some new soil, plant some seed and then steward what you have. And I think it's like, you know, to just say, okay, what's around me. It's like, no, you're going to have to dig. Yeah. And, um, because you've spent so much time looking at the other side that, that what is on the current side is not only, you know, it's not just, you know, um, grass that has lost its health, it's grass that's dead. And, um, wow. you know, I think, I think it's, it's like the grass is green where you plant it and you steward it, and you water it. Wow. I, think, I think it's, I think that's huge. And I, I, I think too, with like the Instagram stuff, it's like, or, and that's the world we live in. And I think there's so many people, you know, I love guys like Judah and Mike Todd and Irwin and Rich and those guys. I mean, and I'm, I'm watching them and I'm learning and I'm taking ideas um, creatively and stuff like that. And I, I think it's good because you have to be aware of what's around, but it's like, mm-hmm. I have to be careful who I'm taking my cues from because mm-hmm. who, who I take my cues from, I think is going to, uh, is going to really de- direct the the trajectory of my life and my leadership. Hmm. And I can't take my cues from those guys because I don't know them and I'm not around them. I'm not under their leadership. And I think there's a lot of people who you watch it from afar and you can't judge until you really know up close. But there's a lot of people who, if I were to look, I can kind of tell because I've been around long enough to see it's like, dude, all you're doing is you're just, you're taking cues from guys you don't know and you're copying stuff and there's no genuine authenticity. And as as fast as you rise to the top, you're going to slide to the bottom. And, and it's, it's a, it's kind of a bummer to see because um, I, I, I just, I just think it's like you're taking your cues from the wrong place. And you'll see people quickly honor someone from afar and have a hard time, have a real challenge. And I'm speaking from experience, have a hard time honoring what's right in front of them. And I think God 
does that as a test. I think God initiated social media. I think God put it in our faces to like say like, you guys need to learn and you got to realize like this, this is a challenge for you. And if you can overcome it, you'll, you'll rise to the actual top and your feet will be on something solid because you didn't climb to try and achieve something that others see you're, you're following where I'm leading. And I think that transcends the image stuff, the social media stuff. And yeah. Wow. Not just huge, man. Come on. That's, that's good stuff T. Um, as we wrap up, I got a couple more cues for you. Um, and, uh, one of them, as far as we know, you're a youth pastor. So, um, you kind of talked about your, you know, your vision for, um, or what, you know, what has been your season of like ministry, whether it's good or bad, but what is, what would you say your top three goals maybe for the, the 2020 year, um, as far as being a youth pastor would be? So one is personal, but absolutely bleeds into leadership and youth and all that kind of stuff. And that's, um, I kind of alluded to it. It's, um, it's the idea of math. I'm going to master my mornings. And that's something that has really been a new commitment this year. That, that is something that I'm going to, that is, that truly is a lifestyle thing. It's not a cleanse. It's not a detox. It's like, this is what I'm doing now. Cause I, yeah. I was talking about the growth that's demanded of you. And this is one of the things that I, I can't afford any longer to not be on top of it. It's like, I've got plenty of mornings where I'm up early or I'm doing this or that and I'm busy and there's, you know, it, whatnot. But it's like, no, I, I, need to, I need to be on top of this. And it's causing a ripple effect into the rest of my day, even into the night, how I spend the night, knowing that my commitment is to stay on top of my morning. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and just finding more margin. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge thing with that. So mastering my mornings. Um, and then I think that's bleeding into um, uh, really managing my day, um, where I call it directing my day. Um, and so when I master my mornings, I have the ability to really direct my day, and not just my day, but my season. So I can kind of look ahead and know what's up this month and what's this week and what are we doing and really have a better grasp and scope on, you know, what's ahead for us. And, you know, my assistant who's our uh, associate youth pastor as well um, is right now living in Boise, taking care of uh, her grandma who's terminally ill. And so that's kind of an indefinite shift. Um, You know, we don't know if it's another two months, six months, you know, it could be who knows. And, um, and I sat around for a couple of weeks, just bummed about it. And then I realized like, no, this is an opportunity for me to step up, yeah. um, to, to become more on top of this stuff and then, you know, delegate out and, and all this kind of stuff. So I think that's been a, been a cool thing. And then, um, really just, you know, a, a renewed commitment to seeing, uh, student leaders, um, developed and, uh, and grow into who God's called them to be. And, and, um, yeah, I, I think that's been a huge part of our, um, our journey and ultimately now where we're at today and, you know, we've got plenty of areas to grow in, but, you know, when it comes to our worship and, and our culture at Undivided and, and what we've been able to do, it's, it comes back to, you know, nine years ago, we started a student leadership team with a bunch of kids who were all smoking weed right before they played on the worship team. And so, wow. Um, 
you know, we did, we had to kick them off multiple times, but we just stayed committed to that. Like no, student leadership is it. And, um, you know, it, it so that's just been, that's something that I, I never want to lose sight of. And so, um, because in all of those three things, they build on each other. You know, the better I am with my morning and my day, and it's going to clarify my vision. I'm going to see what I couldn't see before. I'm going to notice what I didn't notice before. I'm going to um, have ideas that I wouldn't have had before. And suddenly I'm going to be a sharper me when it comes to developing people. And I've found myself plenty of times where I'm like, I'm at the end of myself and I've got nothing to give. And when you have nothing to give, there's nothing worse than sitting around with a bunch of people who are looking to you for some vision or an idea or some direction or leadership. And you've got nothing to give. You've got to pull it out of your butt. And you can do that every once in a while. I think you get a free, few freebies, but like at the end of the day, you got to have some margin and fill yourself to the point where when it comes time to give that you're flowing out. And so that's something that I, I want to even more and more do in this season. Well, all right. We got about two minutes left. Um, I got one for you. That's um, you kind of touched on it earlier and you talked about, you know, if you learned something 10 years ago, you'd be better now uh, with Nate and I being kind of new, um, newer, um, to, to ministry and not being in it 10 years plus right now. Um, what is something that you would have given yourself advice for? Here we go. That kind of Nate and I and every young leader right now could, could, uh, could take and use as far as doing ministry, uh, whether we're just jumping in or been in it for a little bit, what's something you feel like would be great. You could have heard 10 years ago, um, to be better off right now. Uh, I would say two things. One, would be uh, what I just said with master your mornings. I think that's such a huge thing. And I know that's my commitment like this year for me, something that I'm just doubling down on and stepping up in. So it's not like it's something that I was, was completely out of my world and suddenly it is, but it was something that was, you know, I was lax on. And so I think that's a huge thing. I would wish I would have done that earlier. Um, And I would have told myself like, bro, get on this because your devotions are better when you do that. Your prayer is better when you do that. Your vision is better when you do that. Um, everything, the app, the things that you want are better. Um, and, and so I think that's huge. And then I think the other thing would be, um, you know, the, I'll borrow the phrase, the facts, um, you know, facts are the facts, but you get to decide what they mean. And so the facts for us were when we stepped into ministry, when we moved back from Bible college, you know, we had 12 students and a bunch of quirky students and video game culture. And, you know, none of those things were inherently bad, um, but nothing really like there was nothing to build on. And we weren't, yeah. we weren't handed something that was moving. We were handing handed something that was dying and it was like, it was past dead. And not only that, the people that were still there didn't really want us there. And opportunity wasn't there. Money wasn't there. Young people weren't there. And so, but we got to decide what that meant. It meant we had the blank space. It meant we had opportunity. It meant that we could create and do things that we couldn't if we had a larger group. It meant we could cast vision to a small group of people and felt like that would feel like they have a, an ownership right from the beginning. You know, one of, you know, 
So, I mean, some of our core leaders right now are ones that we really got in that first year-ish uh, as seventh graders. And so, uh, and now they're on our leadership team. And so, um, you get to decide what the, you get to decide what the facts mean, you know, is it like, does your city suck or is it an opportunity to make it cool? I mean, that's what Chad, mm. Beach, that's what Chad Beach did in Puyallup. Like literally Puyallup has never been cool until Chad was there. And the reason is, is that's because, awesome. because when I went and visited there, I mean, years ago, my first youth ministry I visited when I moved back from Bible college and the way that he talked about Puyallup, i had never heard it before because Puyallup wasn't cool. Mm. I mean, they, they had Starbucks. And, uh, you know, an old downtown that no one wanted to be in, but the way he spoke about it was like, it was the place you wanted to be in. And so he set, he set a culture. So he got to decide is Puyallup lame or is it cool? And he spoke about wow. it as if it was cool. So Covington's cool. Wow. Covington is cool. And, and that, that, that's awesome because, you know, as we think about, you know, our young adults in our area, we always set that like mindset, like who wants to come to Covington? But if we set that atmosphere that Covington's actually the place to be, this is the spot that is going to be jumping, uh, yeah. like Chad Beach did with uh, with Puyallup. I think that's I think that's a good point, man. That's huge. That's a good mindset yeah. to have there, man. Let's so, get some good coffee. Thank you for that. Here. Yeah. Let's get some good coffee out here. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. <laughs> when I don't know, but it's coming. Every, yeah. The on the thing that I know Taylor's always like is like. When are we going to get good coffee over here? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, even Kent, man. Kent yeah. is, I'm cool with Kent. I'm cool with Kent. I'll go to downtown Kent. I'm down. Okay. I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, you know, Tacoma's known for a couple good coffee spots, but. Yeah, you guys got a few. Yeah, yeah a couple. You're blessed. B- real blessed. But, you know, praying for Covington, bro. Praying for the coffee. Did I receive it? Oh, come on. Oh, oh, oh. Um, dude, thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, oh, thank you so much, dude. Um, I think what you say is true. I just love that, uh, the honesty that you share with, um, and that you talk about and that you share like tangible goals for people. Um, cause like one of my goals this year as well is like mastering, it's not worded like that, but like getting my mornings down, uh, to a rhythm so that I can start my day well. Cause what would happen is I would like start my day hectic and then the rest of my day was just like. Yep. Running late for that meeting. And since I'm late for that, I'm running late to that. And this isn't yeah. going to happen. It's a ripple effect. Yep. It never catches up. So I think I, I just appreciate the tangible goals that you give um, and the realness that you talk about of starting from uh, what some may look at as ground zero and seeing where like where the ministry is at now um, and that kids get to learn about the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Real yeah, life man. And Absolutely. To Washington, baby, let's go. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Compton is cool. And they have Chick-fil-A there too. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Um, but to Lynn, you got anything else for Taylor? Or Taylor's anything else that people can follow to check you out or any of that? Do you have any quotes you want to share on social media with people? <laughs> Ooh. Follow at undivided youth. Um and um I'm going to quote Jonathan Taylor Thomas from the Nickelodeon reality show, wild and crazy kids set goals and reach them. And that's what I leave you with. Amen. Wow. <laughs> that was so good. Of all the things you said tonight, you capped it off with that. That was amazing. See, that was it. That's what you we know how to warm the hearts of the people, man. I had a mic. I just dropped it. Come on. There You're we good go. at what you do, bro. Love you guys.
to Lynn. Love you. Can you uh can you can you cue us out of here, brother? Welcome <laughs> to the Youth of the Nation podcast. We'll see you guys later. Jesus is the only one. All right, hey, Dude. we'll see you guys next Have week. A good Peace. night, y'all. Thanks, Peace. Taylor.